Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 44, Cross Look. Am I the only Christian who can't stand looking at a crucifix? St Anne's Openshaw is a very striking church on one of the main roads into Manchester. I often drive past this 19th century Catholic church. Influenced by Gorton Monastery nearby, it feels surreally Mediterranean with an impossibly high east end frontage facing the road. High up in white stone, standing out against the red brick, is a more than life-size crucifixion statue. Jesus' arms are outstretched, pinned to the cross, and his head falling to one side. It's a lovely building, but I can't bear to look at this thing. In the Reformation, Protestants called Christians back to the Word, implying that we listen to God through our ears, whilst Catholics fought back in the Counter-Reformation with art and architecture to woo the eye. We have five senses and we're told that sight is the most important one because the brain is led by the visual. Now we're looking this lens at the notion that Jesus' death is the most important thing about him. And what I want to ask today is if this is right, what does it do for the look of our faith? I mean both what our eyeballs see and also what our mind's eye pictures. What is the aesthetic of a church that puts Jesus' death front and centre stage? Religion has an aesthetic. Religion is sensual. Our imagination is visual and the cross is a big part of what Christians see in worship. Our gaze is not directed to the flowers of the natural world or the calligraphy of text in a sacred book. We don't look up at the moon and the stars. We're not encouraged to climb the Tower of Babel so we can be wowed by the sight of all the world as far as the eye can see. We're not shown the far distant planets or ancient stars exploding as in pop cosmology. We're not even shown the perfect human form of a new baby very often. What Christianity majors on is this. Christianity looks at a young man nailed onto a crude piece of wood, gasping for his breath as he bleeds to death, slowly and in agony. Crucifixion is not the only visual image in Christianity, but it is the most important. Trinitarian alternatives include an older male with a beard for God the Father and perhaps a dove for the Spirit, Jesus can be trayed as an infant in his mother's arms, a teacher with listeners following, a healer touching the sick, all very human. He can be portrayed appearing after his death, but it's not obvious what the risen Jesus looked like. And the empty tomb is really just an absence rather than a positive and compelling sight. He can be pictured in motion, zooming up to heaven a la ascension, slightly comical. But his death offers the most powerful set of images in the Christian story as we have it. A cluster of images surround the death of Jesus with dramatic texture. 
standing before Pilate, lashing by soldiers, spat at, crown of thorns clumsily placed on his head, carrying his cross to the place of execution, stumbling, nails banged him, but most of all, hanging on the cross with that facial expression for you to choose and that look in his eyes for you to interpret. Christians have seen many different things in those eyes. I think the most powerful visual images of Jesus are of his birth and death. Donkey, stable, manger, baby, wise men, angels, animals and Madonna are all important, especially mother and child. But I think they're all trumped by the visual images of his death. Nativity pageants are popular with young children, but the writers of movies and musicals are drawn more to the visually arresting death scenes. And the most powerful scene of all is the crucifixion itself. Nothing else in Christian religion's album of visual images can compete with the cross. If one picture has to communicate the Christian gospel, this is it. The cross is such a simple and memorable symbol. A child can grow it. No one forgets it. You can't make it any simpler. Everyone recognises it everywhere. The cross defines Christianity, putting Jesus' execution at the heart of this religion. Early Christians used the fish rather than the cross. Subtly subversive. Needs a bit of Greek to decode it, but it's not as striking a visual image as the cross. Another important symbol for Christ was the lamb. But again, this is a symbol rather than a, a visual image pointing to Jesus' death, implying that his death was a slaughter. Even when Christians are not looking at the cross, they're looking at symbols that point to Jesus' death. Every religion has its martyrs who died for the cause, and so commemorating death is not unique. But only Christianity fixes our gaze on execution again and again and again. We look at the pain of a human body breaking down. We look at cruelty and humiliation. We look at blood and nails and wounds. We look at a brutal public spectacle. And it's not a pretty sight. It's a deeply unpleasant thing to hold in the mind's eye. Every year, Christians have a prolonged cross fest at Easter where they rehearse the events with great concentration and solemnity. But every communion service is a mini crucifixion event. As churchgoers sit in their cruciform church building looking at the altar at the front on which the sacrificial death of Jesus is reenacted, they will probably see a beautiful cross of some sort. The altar cross might be highly ornate and bejeweled or simple, homely and wooden. But whatever the aesthetic design of that particular cross, it points to the awful cross on which Jesus was killed. Christians have depicted and portrayed the cross in all sorts of artistic ways, many of them very beautiful. But there's no getting away from the fact that the crucifixion itself is something very ugly. Now this can wrong foot many casual observers of Christianity because they see that church is dominated by a demographic of older females 
And so they imagined that the aesthetic of Christianity would be something comforting and ironic. Young males are the more obvious demographic for horror movies depicting blood and gore. Many 21st century Europeans are revolted by the crucifixion of Jesus. The violence is more likely to disgust them in revulsion than create any sense of religious inspiration. Many Christians find that repeated exposure to this story numbs them. Many Christians can only cope with church talk about crucifixion by switching their minds off whenever it comes round. There are many sullen, passive Christians whose toleration of their religion must not be taken for active enthusiasm. Public executions were still common in Europe up to about the 18th century. Gallows, guillotine, drowning would have drawn large crowds to the public spectacle. And in the 14th century, this was regarded as a devotional duty, helping the witness to enter into the story of the most important execution in history. But sensibilities have changed. We take a very different view about capital punishment and public humiliation. We no longer want to see wrongdoers in stocks, let alone violent punishment. We take no pleasure from looking at public cruelty any longer. It may have been easier for our ancestors to look at the crucifixion. For us, it's easier to look away. The violent death at the centre of our religion is not a sight many 21st century Europeans want to be shown. It's not a visual image to draw them in. And it's not something they would naturally choose to place in their mind on a regular basis. Many will have learned the practice of visualisation through self-help education. And they'll want to consciously fill their mind with pictures that are more wholesome, positive and uplifting many Christians included. The cross may have the virtue of keeping Christianity in touch with the dark side of human experience, a determination to record just how dreadful life can be, a refusal to edit out how cruel man can be to man. And I think there's a grain of truth in this. Yes, we want to know how bad life can be, but we don't want our faces rubbed in it. We want to be aware of violent execution, but we don't want to dwell on it. There is a sense in which Christianity asks us to stare at violence. This makes many modern people feel deeply uncomfortable. Watching screen images move is an important part of contemporary culture. We're used to categorising different sorts of programmes and films romantic comedy, soap opera, historical documentary, etc. If the death of Jesus were a movie, what category would it be placed in? Some evangelists try to portray this story as a romance in which God woos the world he loves, or a cliffhanger thriller in which, against all odds, the world is saved at the last minute. There's plenty of factual material for a documentary. There's enough intrigue and controversy for a sensational mud-raking drama or a heated debate in which speakers lose their temper as they shout what they believe. But I think the most obvious film category would be horror movie. Images of blood, gore, pain and cruelty. 
Crucifixion was a means of torture as much as execution. It would probably carry a certification that would exclude children in most European countries. Only grown-ups would be admitted to a cinema showing such material. On domestic television, it would be scheduled for late in the evening. Horror movies do not have very broad appeal. Few of us would think of going to see one of those films if we're looking for spiritual inspiration. And if The Crucifixion were a movie, what classification would it receive? In the UK, films deemed suitable for 15-year-olds may include strong violence, but must not dwell on the infliction of pain or injury. The strongest gory images are unlikely to be acceptable. That's a quotation from the BBFC. Going up to the age 18 classification, violence can be strong and portrayed with strong detail. There may even be dwelling on the infliction of pain. I think that would place a realistic portrayal of crucifixion as an 18 adult-only experience. And I suspect that only a minority of adults have the stomach to put their right to sit through such films to the test. We don't allow children to look at violent execution. And most adults would prefer not to look themselves. One of the problems with our crucifixion movie is that the image doesn't move much. It's fairly static. For several hours, Jesus is fixed to his cross. There's not much dialogue and there's not much movement. The main action is Jesus suffering pain. Do we really want to watch his colour slowly drain away? Do we really want to monitor his breathing as he gasps for breath? It's not much of a movie. It wouldn't hold an audience for long. Good Friday, three-hour-long church meditations on the cross attract tiny congregations for the comparatively faster-paced commemoration of a longer span of the story. They call themselves three hours on the cross, but they cheat by typically including trial scenes to provide a bit of movement and action. I have never known a church event try to focus on the crucifixion alone for as long as three hours. That would be very ambitious. An ordinary horror movie would seem mainstream by comparison. According to the Gospels, Jesus was on the cross for, what, three or six hours? If this episode is starting to feel a bit like a three hours at the cross, I have to admit that these episodes on the cross for Lent are going to be a bit longer and a bit slower. So if you're struggling with the intensity of this material, let me introduce you to our next bus passenger. Elsa is our oldest bus passenger. 83 years old, she lives in a little Swedish village. She feels like this bus has been such a big part of her life. Since she was a toddler, she's been coming and going to town on this bus. And it's been such a lovely day. She's been walking round her favourite places in Stockholm all afternoon on this sunny spring day. Her favourite streets and parks and buildings. 
She had lunch in a cafe with so many good memories. But this bus journey home is a sad journey for Elsa. She lives in a retirement complex and is about to move from the independent living part with her own flat into the nursing home as she can no longer look after herself fully. She knows she needs a higher level of care, but it's not easy to give up your independence and your freedom in the outside world. And what really depresses her is the thought of being surrounded by dying people. She can't stand seeing people suffer. She's quite squeamish and hates the sight of anything medical. Who knows how many years she'll be there for, but she knows that this is probably going to be her final home. So she gets off the bus, unusually quiet with a melancholy air about her, and the driver who knows her well asks, Are you all right, Elsa? Is there anything I can do for you? And she smiles, and then she says, Yes, please, can you give me another 83 years? And they both laugh, and she walks down the street for the last time. And I suppose my question is, will graphic pictures of a young man's violent execution help Elsa and the millions like her living into their 80s and 90s cope with their long, slow demise? We've been talking in Church Ahead about Christianity's fitness in the evolutionary sense. Surely a church that asks us to look at violent execution was more fit in an age when public execution was normal. Lots of women died in childbirth and men in battle, and people were used to seeing these things. Let's finish today where we began. St Anne's Openshaw with its main road-facing crucifix. If you look at the church on Google Street View, the crucifix is blanked out. Is that because some algorithm thinks that someone's privacy needs protecting? Or because it's just too awful for most people to look at? If you look at the parish presence online, it's obviously a lively parish with a lot going on. But the dominant photo they use is of Jesus in a Last Supper scene, not that crucifix. Yes, I think they are right to play it down. I doubt they need me to point out how many people have been scared away by that ugly sculpture. Thank you for listening to episode 44. Next week, what does it do for Jesus if his death is the most important thing about him?